I am Dr. Barbara Kiel, and some clients of mine prefer to call me Dr. Bibi. And to be honest, I quite like it. Welcome to my podcast. To be honest, a podcast that is born out of mental health efficacy. I believe in the power of intention, and my intention for this podcast is to educate whoever wishes to listen, and to make a paradigm shift in how we perceive mental illness. I also believe mental health education is key, and that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is to invest. In your own mental health. Let's face it, we all need to learn how our minds work, and have the skills to deal with life's ups and downs. And more importantly, let us strengthen our ability to better connect with and support each other. Strong, empathetic. Nurturing and caring relationships have the power to prevent everyday challenges from becoming more concerning issues like mental illness. The responsibility to renew focus on your own mental well-being begins now. Let us set the energy of this episode together. You may wish to put your hand on your heart. And close your eyes unless you're driving or operating some kind of machinery. So take a deep breath in, and as you exhale, let your thoughts go. Let your worries go. Let any tension in your body go, and let your past go. Now take a moment to plug into the greater energy of the universe. Feel your heart, and imagine us all connected in a unified field of divine white light. And know that you are safe. All is well, and so it is. So take another deep breath in. And exhale out loud with a sigh. And when you are ready, slowly open your eyes. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to To Be Honest, and a happy welcome to our first-time listeners. I have been asked quite often, "What is a dysfunctional family? What does it look like?" What are the characteristics? And I'm not even sure whether I grew up in one. Here's another one. How can I heal? Because I know I grew up in a dysfunctional family. Yes, you guessed it. Today's topic is about dysfunctional families. Well, to be honest, no family is perfect. It's far from it. I dare say all families experience some level of dysfunction. The good news is most families do manage pretty well despite it. Let's face it: 
there are gradients of dysfunction, right? So the family's psychological and physical health sometimes determines where it registers on the dysfunctional seismograph. I'm wondering if any of our listeners know about a TV series in the states called The Brady Bunch. It's a blended. It's about a blended family with six children,、uh, three girls and three boys, who get along beautifully despite rough patches here and there. Unfortunately, in reality, I can say that it's pretty much non-existent. A blended family like that would likely experience serious challenges and more often than not, insurmountable ones. It's common for families like that to end in divorce. Now, having said that, as I often say, there is exception in everything. In order for that to happen, there will be lots of planning, open communication, and effort on both parents. Now, in order to determine a family's level of dysfunction, it's important to examine its dynamics, such as is there crippling internal conflicts, such as severe sibling rivalry, parental and/or child conflict, is there domestic violence, mental illness, or sexual abuse? Perhaps the conflict is external. Like drug and/or alcohol addiction, or addiction of any kind, for that matter, unemployment, gambling, any kind of family secrets, or even extramarital affairs. Needless to say, all of these conflicts, whether internal or external, affect the family unit dramatically and cause considerable lifelong dysfunction for its members. Now, a lot of people may not consciously aware that in almost all dysfunctional families, there are various roles taken on by its members to help the family survive. As a matter of fact, parents tend to unconsciously assign different roles to their children. Yes, whether you know it or not, it is happening in your household. When I'm done with you here, I guarantee you will know what role you had been assigned by your parents when you're young. Now, before I give you some examples, let me answer the question for those who are not sure whether you grew up in a dysfunctional family. All right. So these are the questions that you ought to be asking yourself: Did your caregiver say one thing and do another? For example, they ask you not to fight with your siblings, and yet they fight and yell at each other in front of you. Did your caregivers show little to no empathy or understanding when someone made a mistake or fell short? For example, they punish you immediately without investigating what happened to you before you made the mistake or behave in a certain way that they didn't like. Was there very little communication about family issues or emotions? That means the family does not solve problems together and/or talk about their feelings. Therefore, left you with limited emotional vocabulary. 
Did you have a culture, family culture, that is, of pretending everything is fine even when it wasn't? That means what elephant in the room? There's no elephant in the room. Were your caregivers addicted, and/or did substances impact their parenting? Were your caregivers unreliable, such as when they promised they're going to pick you up at school, they didn't? Or they said they're going to help you with your school project, and instead they gave you reasons to why they cannot fulfill their promise. Were your caregivers controlling? Of course, controlling comes in many different forms. Maybe you find one or both parents constantly on your case. Did it feel like to you that nothing you did was ever good enough? And there was an extreme culture, and again, I am referring to family culture of perfectionism. Did you grow up with physical and/or emotional abuse or violence? Now, if you answered yes to a lot of those questions, then most likely you did grow up in a home with a high level of dysfunction. Why is it important to know if you grew up in a dysfunctional family? For the simple fact that if you grew up in a home with excessive amounts of chaos and dysfunction, research shows that you are more likely to experience the following: low self-esteem, trouble forming healthy adult relationships, high levels of frustration or anger, trouble focusing. And addiction, so you are also more likely to repeat these patterns in your own family. So my advice would be not to ignore or avoid it any longer. Please seek professional help. You are worthy of it. Now it is important for me to emphasize that you do not need to experience high level of dysfunction whilst growing up to be affected or impacted negatively. As a matter of fact, typically, if you come from a dysfunctional home in which your emotional needs were not met, you will have challenges and issues when you grow up. If there is abuse of alcohol and/or other drugs, like I mentioned earlier, prescribed or illicit, how about compulsive behaviors such as compulsive eating, working, cleaning, gambling, spending, dieting, exercising, so on and so forth? Why are they unhealthy? You may ask. Because these practices are addictive behaviors. They effectively disrupt and prevent honest contact and intimacy in a family. And no child will grow up feeling safe when their caregivers are constantly not around, or when they are around, they are not conversing with them. Battering of spouse and/or children, inappropriate sexual behavior on the part of a parent toward a child, ranging from seductiveness to incest, i.e., using a child as a surrogate lover, constant arguing and tension in the household, 
extended periods of time in which parents refuse to speak to each other. Remember Gottman's stonewalling. Parents who have conflicting attitudes or values, or display contradictory behaviors that compete for their children's allegiance. What else is there?、Mm, yeah, parents who are competitive with each other or with their children. Don't look so surprised. There are parents who want their children to do well as long as they do not excel their own achievements. Or even their physical attractiveness. A parent who cannot relate to others in the family and therefore actively avoids them while blaming them for this avoidance. Extreme rigidity about money, religion, work, use of time, displays of affection, sex, television, housework, sports, politics, and so on and so on. Obsession with any of these can preclude contact and intimacy because the emphasis is not on relating but on following the rules. To be honest, dysfunctional families come in many styles and varieties that I am not able to list them all here, but they all share one effect that they have on children growing up in that environment, and that is. These children are, to some extent, impaired in their ability to feel and relate. So, unfortunately, growing up in a dysfunctional family can leave many scars, and those scars may appear as behavioral disorders, difficulty starting and maintaining relationships, difficulty communicating feelings, having low self-esteem. Lack of self-worth, chronic anxiety or depression, and constant self-criticism or self-loathing. Now, of course, I'm going to give you some good news, and that is to offer you some ways that you can heal from a dysfunctional family. Now, before I do that, let me circle back to some of the dysfunctional family roles that I mentioned earlier. In almost all dysfunctional families, there are various roles taken on by its members. Why? It is to help the family to survive. So let's see if you can resonate with any of these roles. One role is the enabler. The enabler takes on the protective role. They do whatever it is necessary to take care of the family, no matter how bad the situation is. So let me give you an example. In a family with an alcoholic or drug addict, the enabler is the one who picks up the pieces after their father comes home drunk. They protect the troubled family member from suffering the consequences of their bad behavior. So they always hope that they can say or do something that will make their addicted parent stop what they are doing. Needless to say, this is exceedingly stressful and obviously a lose-lose situation. In actuality, by protecting their addictive parent, they are creating a comfortable atmosphere for that parent. Making it even more difficult for the addict to want to quit anything at all. 
Now we are not blaming the child here. Okay, that's important. Another possible role in the family is the hero. Now this family member, the hero, usually the firstborn, could be considered the poster child for the family, or sometimes we refer that as the star of the family. They make sure everything looks good to the outside world. The hero tends to be an overachiever and is always on top of their game. This hero or star knows that if they look good, so will their family. More often than not, they deny that there's even a problem. Meaning, what elephant in the room? There is no elephant in the room. As you can imagine. Keeping a dysfunctional family together and looking good is a tough job, which causes a great deal of pressure and inner conflict. Okay, next is the troublemaker slash scapegoat. I forgot to mention that according to Carl Jung, these roles that we have been assigned by our family when we are young, he coined it archetypes. The scapegoat archetype tends to be the family's black sheep, in quotation marks. They can be the middle child, but not always. They are the ones who are constantly getting into trouble, and they sometimes get suspended from school, have angry outbursts, etc. Now, this family member takes the bullet for the team. The scapegoat, as the name implies, is blamed for everything that goes wrong in the family. Usually, they are the first to fly the coop, meaning to escape. And in many cases, if the troublemaker (in quotation marks) straightens up their act or manages to escape, another member of the family will more than likely take over the role. And I would like to validate this archetype. Because this is one of the most painful roles a child can experience. Next is the lost child. This archetype is sometimes referred to as the quiet one in quotation marks, who gets lost in the shuffle. The lost child is someone that will go with the flow. They don't stand out. They don't make any trouble. With the antics and achievement of the other family members, the low maintenance child is what the addiction family needs. Well, unfortunately, the lost child often stays lost long into adulthood and has a lot of trouble getting direction in their life, interacting socially or standing up for themselves. We can say that the lost child is almost non-existent in the family. They insulate themselves, withdraw into their rooms to read or watch TV. They avoid drama like the plague. They have no opinion, so they can never be counted upon to back anyone up. Needless to say, they also have a weak sense of self and low self-esteem and self-worth. And the last common role that I'm going to mention here is the mascot. The mascot, more often than not, is the baby of the family, and they tend to be the funny and naughty one. They will act goofy, make everyone laugh, and draw attention to themselves, 
all in an effort to bring peace to the household. You can count on them to intervene when a volatile situation arises. Their tool is their sense of humor. Now, the mascot suffers just as much as the rest of the family members, but they hide their suffering behind their comedic acts. Now, growing up in a dysfunctional family wreaks havoc on those who grow up with one. Imagine being in prison. Right, the only home you have ever known. In this prison, there is verbal and/or physical abuse, lack of boundaries, no space, and no one to whom you can voice your feelings or concerns. You don't feel safe, nor do you feel there's anyone on whom you can depend. There is rarely a release from this prison system. Sure. You might get out, but psychologically, you may be bound for life if you do not heal from your past childhood wounds. All right, my audience, have no fear. In next week's episode, I am going to share with you some practical ways that you can heal from a dysfunctional family. So thank you for listening. Until next week, stay safe, learn heaps, and find the courage to assess if you grew up in a dysfunctional family. So bye for now. You can find this podcast, to be honest, on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and my website, www.drbarbarakiao.com. D R B A R B A R A K I A O dot com. <laughs> <laughs>